Ooh, this one is so good for us, you guys. I truly believe that if everyone in the world <laughs> reflected on this question every single day, we would all start relating to our lives in a much different way. Hey babes, welcome to Codependency Alchemy, the podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa, and today we are going to talk about how to meet your shadow self. Now, I know shadow work has become this buzzword, if you will, but I'm kind of here for it. The more that we can talk about shadow work, the more it gets our minds curious about the shadow aspects of ourselves or the unconscious parts of ourselves. And in this episode, I'm going to share some things that I wrote about in a recent Substack newsletter, specifically around where you can meet your shadow self. So a couple of weekends ago, I got to meet up with a new friend for coffee and something she had brought up was shadow work. She was like, you know, you talk a lot about shadow work. What is shadow work? We hear it all the time, but what is it even? What is it really? And so what I had shared with her was shadows are a repressed part of our personality. Our shadows are these unconscious beliefs or stories that we have about ourselves or the world that our ego usually deems as unpleasant, so it represses that part of our personality. And this isn't just the parts of our personality that we don't like that are, you know, kind of common, like the parts of us that are angry or the parts of us that judge, but it can also be the part of us that feels joy, the part of us that feels peace. Because I have learned in my own shadow work process that some of my shadows are around joy and peace. And the shadow work is the work that I have done to bring these unconscious beliefs or thoughts into my consciousness. Because the more we become conscious and aware of the stories that we tell ourselves or the beliefs that we have, the less they run the show. The more we're able to see the thought, the belief, or even the pattern and be like, oh, I see you, shadow aspect of myself. Why don't you come in? And then we love on it. We bring curiosity to it. We bring compassion to it so that we can relate in more sovereign and authentic ways. It was Carl Jung, a Swiss psychologist, that introduced the concept of shadows. And shadow work is really about confronting and integrating these hidden aspects of ourselves, which help us in stepping into our authenticity. So if you're feeling disempowered, shadow work can be a really, really great place to start. If you're feeling stuck, if you're lacking creativity, if you're just feeling like the world is coming down on you as a perfect indicator that shadow work would be really supportive for you. Because it was through meeting the shadow aspects of myself that I began to experience more peace, more joy, and more confidence. And I even started to experience a deeper love for myself, and I've watched how that love for myself has rippled out into the world around me and how I'm able to extend so much more love, compassion, and grace to others. But first, I had to really look at the parts of myself that judged, the parts of myself that blamed others, 
the parts of myself that felt victimized by my circumstances. I had to learn how to take radical personal responsibility and see where my projections were really just a way for me to override meeting myself more deeply. For me, the most important tool for learning about my shadow self has been curiosity. That's why when anyone talks about shadow work, one of the first things they suggest is journaling. And the reason why I think journaling is so supportive with shadow work specifically is because when we're in our mind and the thoughts are just floating along, it can be like a jigsaw puzzle all scattered across in our mind. When we begin to use self-reflection through journaling, what I think happens is that jigsaw puzzle gets put on paper to where we can see it in front of us instead of it floating in a million pieces up in our mind. I notice that when I write down fears, when I write down thoughts, when I write down what's going on in my mind and see it on paper, it's like it offers this opportunity to see it outside of me. And from that moment, I feel empowered to look at it from this observer mindset instead of over identifying with the thought and being consumed by it. So I'm going to give you guys four questions that I journal on or reflect on to help me see the shadow aspects of myself. And these four questions and journaling on them will help you to find the shadow aspects of yourself. The first question is, where am I blaming others? Now, the tendency to blame others is a shadow aspect of ourselves because it allows us to avoid taking personal responsibility. By projecting blame onto others, we then protect ourselves from feeling the uncomfortable truths about our own contributions to the situation. So for example, there was a time in my relationship with Justin where I was hyper fixating on how often he was playing video games or how often he was on YouTube. And by fixating on him and what he was doing, I didn't actually have to look at what I was doing. I didn't actually have to tend to what was coming up for me because all of my energy and all of my focus was on him. And by this time in our relationship, I had started doing some inner child work. So luckily I was leaning towards bringing more curiosity to myself when these types of dynamics were playing out in my relationship. And through this experience was where I really learned this shadow aspect of myself that blames him as a way to override me meeting myself more fully. Because instead of continuing to blame him, what I did was told him, you know, I'm noticing I'm doing this pattern where I blame you and I'm hyper fixate on you and what you're doing. So I'm just going to take some time to be with myself to see what's really going on here. And I did. I like I stayed in our spare room for a period of time and meditated every day and journaled every night and just saw the truth of you know, whenever I fixate on him and what he's doing, it's a way that the shadow aspect of myself avoids taking responsibility. It's a way that I override my needs and tending to myself by fixating on him. And what I learned from that experience of blaming Justin was I didn't feel safe asking for what I needed. And so I was searching for evidence to prove that he wasn't safe by fixating on things that he was doing and making them wrong, which goes perfectly into the second shadow work prompt that I'm going to give you, which is, where am I judging others? Because judging others can be a reflection of our own insecurities. 
our shadow selves will project these insecurities onto others, creating this false sense of superiority, right? We're judging, so we're looking down at them in order to provide some semblance of control. And ultimately, it's a defense mechanism against facing our own perceived inadequacies. I think a common one with this is around money and success. A lot of times when we see someone who has a lot of money or someone who is experiencing a lot of success in their life or in their business or in their relationship, we can look at them and sort of scoff. We tell stories about how they're tone deaf or how they're rubbing it in other people's faces and we make these stories up in our head that make them wrong or bad so that we can feel right, so that we can feel superior, so that we can feel above them. But really, that's just a shadow aspect of ourselves that might be feeling insecure. So by bringing this question in to reflect on, we can start to tend to that part of us that tries to find that control or that superiority through judging others and tend to it so that our insecurities don't run the show and we can start relating in a loving way. And this is very similar to the third question that I would invite you to reflect on, which is, what flaws do I point out in others? And I'm sure you guys have noticed the theme, pointing out flaws in others diverts your attention from our own perceived weaknesses. By hyper-focusing on flaws of others, we then avoid confronting our own vulnerabilities. So we can really use this as a tool, right? When you start pointing out the flaws in another person, Can you use it as the mirror of seeing what vulnerabilities you're not confronting, perhaps? And I will say for myself, nine times out of 10, whatever flaw I'm pointing out in somebody else, it's because it exists within me. It's because I have that belief about myself. And so really the work is, where do I bring compassion to that part of myself? The last question is, where am I playing the victim? Ooh, this one is so good for us, you guys. I truly believe that if everyone in the world (laughs) reflected on this question every single day, we would all start relating to our lives in a much different way. You would see a collective of people starting to feel empowered. You would see a collective of people beginning to relate in a way that is more sovereign, you would just see authenticity and autonomy start to bloom because when we actually tend to our victim consciousness, we stop becoming the victim of our circumstances. We start taking action. We start taking responsibility because when we're a victim to somebody else or to a circumstance, it leaves us feeling disempowered. It leaves us playing small. It traps us in fear. When we stop becoming the victim of our circumstances or the victim of other people, we take our power back. We stand in our power. We use our voice. We speak our truth. We take action. We take responsibility for ourselves. I'm telling you, reflecting on this question every day will show you a whole new version of yourself. And this is something that I'm working on a lot right now because the more I heal my codependency and the mother wound and the shadow aspects of myself, the more I see the fear around not being relatable when I'm not seeking sympathy or when I'm not seeking validation because playing the victim is really just our shadow self seeking external validation and sympathy. When we're in victim consciousness, this allows us to avoid taking agency in our lives. 
the victim role is really just this shield against facing discomfort of personal responsibility. But I'm telling you, empowerment is what comes with taking radical ownership for our lives and putting down this belief that we are powerless. So as you feel called, you can begin to explore these shadow work prompts in your own journal. And I want to leave you with one bonus question to reflect on when you are journaling on those four prompts. And that question is, what does this part of me need? This is how we embrace and integrate the shadow aspects of ourselves. So instead of repressing or rejecting this part of ourselves, we want to integrate them into our conscious awareness with love, with compassion, with grace. So it doesn't mean like approving of negative behaviors or patterns or thoughts, but understanding and acknowledging that they're coming from these underlying emotions and motivations, which is ultimately trying to keep you feeling comfortable or safe, even though the actions, the beliefs, the thoughts aren't really providing that anymore. This is what it means to integrate and heal our shadow selves. Because when we cultivate deeper relationships with these aspects of ourselves, we begin to create allies. We get to reprogram these parts. We get to say, instead of having this thought, we get to have this empowering thought. And this is how we reparent ourselves. This is how we heal the mother wound. So please let me know what you think of these prompts. And I would love to know what comes up when you explore them. As always, if this episode was supportive, make sure you give it a like and please share this with anyone that you feel might benefit from this work. And if you haven't already left a rating or review for the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it because it really helps people who don't follow me on social media find the podcast and join in on these conversations. I love you all so much and I hope you have a beautiful day. We'll see you next week. Bye.